Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. here because I was the interim associate here five years ago now, if you can believe that. So it's delightful for me to come back. I feel like I'm coming back home when I come here to see all of you that I knew and loved, and I'm so glad to see you thriving. There's a wonderful spirit here, and I send greetings to you from your brothers and sisters at Red Bank. We are always so happy to see as as Paul said, that you are continuing to walk with the Lord. So I'm delighted to be here with you today and bring the word to you. We are continuing today our series on the 12 apostles, who we are learning are were people just like us, ordinary people that are changing the world. And of course, you know and have heard in the last few weeks the literal definition of an apostle is one who is sent, and one who is sent with a mission. The apostles, as you know, were sent out by the Lord Jesus to go into all the world and be witnesses to his crucifixion and resurrection, to his great victory over sin and death. And you remember, as we heard read for us from from John chapter 15, Jesus said to the twelve in the upper room, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so I've titled this uh, sermon, Fruitful Philip, because he's the one that we're going to look at especially today. Jesus says, I've chosen you to go. That means that all of us are ones who are sent, like the apostles. To go and do what? To bear fruit that will last. And so, in a similar way to how Jesus chose the 12, God has chosen each one of us to go into the place that he has sent us and continue his plan to reach the world with the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. We want to be fruitful in sharing our faith. But we often have questions about where do we go? Who do we talk to? When is it time to speak? When is it time to be quiet? How much do we say? How do we share the gospel invitation? The story today that we have from Philip shows us how he did it. And I think will help us to see how we can follow as he did. So the scripture reading that we have from this morning is where we first meet Philip, which is in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. 
Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have seen, have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Well, the first thing that we notice about Philip in this story is that Philip follows Jesus. Jesus issues a simple invitation to, to Philip. He says, follow me. And immediately, Philip does. And then he understands that Jesus came and found him and personally invited him to follow. Philip imitates Jesus' example right away. He goes and finds his friend, Nathaniel, and gives him a personal invitation to follow. To follow Jesus means to commit your way to him and to agree to go wherever the Lord leads you. And following Jesus means that as you follow the way that he has marked out for you, he will bring you other people that need to know him. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, those you meet on the soccer field, at the beach, at the supermarket, these are all hungry people that need to know. They need to know there is a God in heaven who loves them and cares for them and wants to know them. Philip was a follower, following the simple way the Lord led him. And Philip understood that the Spirit is already at work drawing people to Jesus. You notice that Jesus said to Nathanael, while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you, I saw you. The Lord Jesus was drawing Nathanael to himself before Philip ever invited him. Sometimes we think that the people we know are unlikely to be followers of Jesus, and so we're afraid to invite them because they're people from other persuasions that seem so different from us. But Philip understood that the spirit blows where it will, and you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. And so we are just called to follow the leading of the spirit. Philip was, first of all, a follower. He followed the Lord's voice. We have a man at my church who grew up in the church. 
I know you have lots of families here. It was one thing I loved about being here at Tom's River. There were lots of families that had multiple generations of people that had grown up in this church. We don't have so many of them at, at our church, but this one man grew up in the church. He was in the Sunday school. He rang bells in the bell choir. He was in the youth group. And he, he is a faithful worshiper every Sunday. He recently got a very serious and dire diagnosis. And he asked if he could come to see me just to talk through it, to process it. And he said to me, you know, I grew up in the church, and as long as I can remember, I have been a believer in Jesus. But this diagnosis has clarified everything for me. And now I have become a follower of Jesus. I am actively listening for the voice of the Lord every day. And I remember that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And he said, I want to follow in the days I have left the good shepherd wherever he leads me. And I want all of the people that I know that because they've spent time with me, that they will move one step closer to Jesus. He said, I never understood what it meant to be a follower like that. But now that I know my time is limited, I want to be sure that every conversation I have, every meeting I have, everyone that comes to visit me, when they have left me, they will be one step closer to Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower. And that's what Philip was. And that's why he was fruitful. The second thing we see in this story that we read this morning is that Philip invites others to come and see Jesus. Remember Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We think that it must be very complicated for us to share our faith with others. But as one teaching series says, just walk across the room. There are people in whatever rooms the Lord has placed you that we're only asked to ask them a question. Come and see. Come alongside. Come alongside and invite another to come and see Jesus. Philip found Nathanael, and he said, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. Philip knows the law and the prophets. He knows the scripture well, and that is why he has become convinced that Jesus is the promised Messiah. This gives him confidence to invite his friend. He just says, come and see. Philip is undaunted when Nathaniel says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Come and see, said Philip. He doesn't berate or badger or beg. He doesn't 
our view. He simply invites his friend to come and meet Jesus for himself. And he is convinced that if Nathaniel meets Jesus for himself, all of his questions will be answered and he will understand. And we see that Philip's invitation bears fruit when Nathaniel proclaims about Jesus, you are the son of God. I had someone in my life invite me to come and see, and I know many of you have wonderful stories about the people who invited you. Lots of you know that I worked for 30 years in corporate life before I became a full-time pastor. And it was a man that I worked with at the Prudential who first invited me to come and see. My friend Carrie was, had just returned from Vietnam, and I had just graduated from college, having gone to many anti-war protests. So you can imagine the kind of conversations we had to begin with. Very interesting conversations, right? And then he asked me where I went to college, and I said I went to the College of St. Elizabeth's, that I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through college. And he said to me, well, after all those years of Catholic school, do you believe anything? And I said, well, I guess I believe in God, but I don't think I should say I believe in God because it makes no difference in my life. And he said, you're right. You shouldn't say you believe in God if it makes no difference in your life. And that began many, many conversations and arguments about God with my friend Carrie. Finally, one day, he said to me, you would not argue with me about a play of Shakespeare's that you have never read. He handed me a New Testament. He said, you go and read this book for yourself and then come back to me with questions. As I started to read the New Testament for myself, I was amazed to see what Jesus said and to hear Jesus' invitation to come and see who he was. That is what made Philip fruitful, and that is what makes us fruitful disciples, to be those who follow Jesus and invite others to come and see. And the third thing I want us to see about Philip today is that Philip seeks the Father's glory. There's a passage, we read the passage from John 15, there's a passage from John 14 that you know very well. This is Jesus in the upper room with his disciples the night before he dies. And Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going away, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and take you to be with me. And the disciples say to him, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And you could almost say this with me, couldn't you? Jesus' answer is, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you really know me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip is the one who has the courage to ask the question that everyone else is thinking. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Philip is concerned for the glory of the Father. 
He wants to know from Jesus, what is the Father like? What kind of Father is God? What kind of Father is God? As a pastor, I hear many Father stories. And it convinces me, as Philip was convinced, that we have a world that needs to know that they have a Father in heaven who has loved them with an everlasting love. Some of the Father stories I hear are heartbreaking. I had one man who told me that he and his brother were abandoned by their father when they were two years old. And their mother told them that their father was dead because she thought that was a kindness to them. As they grew up, they both became attorneys, and they both had ways of finding people. This was before the internet, when you could find people. They had ways of finding people, and they always thought it was very strange. There was no record of their father's death. There was no obituary. They always thought it was, there was no cemetery to visit. And so they wondered, was their father still really alive? And they discovered that he was, and that he was married and had four other children, and he was living in upstate New York. So they reached out to their father, and they said, can we, we would like to meet you. And their father agreed to meet them. And so, of course, they had all those hopes that, that even grown-up children have, right? That their father will welcome them and embrace them and be glad to know them. But instead, when they met their father, he told them, the only reason I agreed to meet with you was to tell you I don't want you to ever contact me again. I want nothing to do with you. I want to put a stop to this right now. Their father was one who abandoned them and wanted nothing to do with them. Does the world need to know that there's a father who loves them? 72% of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant social problem facing the country. 25% or one in four children in America grow up in a home without a father. And as you know, there are so many consequences to that. They are more likely to be living in poverty. They are more likely to drop out of school before they graduate. As I hear people's father stories, I hear that some people have wonderful fathers, and that's a wonderful gift that God has given to them. Some people have abusive fathers. Some people have absentee fathers. But most people have fathers that are just human, which means they're a mix of good and bad. Some people think we shouldn't talk about God as our father because of the bad fathers that are out there. But I find that some of the people who love the idea of God as father the most are the ones who had terrible fathers or absentee fathers. And I find that some of the best fathers I know are ones who say, I don't want to be anything like my father was. Because a negative model is a powerful model. I have 
a father story of my friend Anne, whom I've told you about before, actually. She, her father abandoned her before she was born. So she and her mother were just together, and her mother died when she was 10. It wasn't until she was in her 40s that she came to the fullness of understanding of, of Jesus and salvation in him. But she told me the very first verse she learned was, I will never leave you or forsake you. And she said she always knew that she had a father who was with her. And she loved the verse where God says, I will be a father to the fatherless. She said, I never looked to my own father who abandoned me. I learned to look to Jesus, and he's the one who told me what the father is like. A father who is always looking out for us, always longing for us, always waiting for us to return to him so he can embrace us with mercy and forgiveness and love. Philip wants to know if the father is like Jesus. And Jesus answers and says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you so long? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So Jesus explains to Philip, that he has already shown him the Father. And Jesus says, the Father is just like me, and I am just like the Father. Do you think of the Father as gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, delights to show mercy, is always ready to forgive? Jesus understood that he was sent on a mission. Jesus understood himself to be an apostle, one who was sent with a mission, that he was sent to show us the Father. And Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. He sends Philip out, and he sends all of us out, with the same mission, to show the world the Father in the face of Jesus Christ. Tradition tells us that Philip went to Scythia, which is modern-day Iran and Eastern Europe, and preached the gospel to idol-worshiping people there, and it cost him his life there. But Philip wanted to proclaim to the world that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of all. And so if you want to be fruitful like Philip, first of all, like Philip, follow Jesus. Remember it says about the disciples, they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. When people are with you, do they take notice that you have been with Jesus? Follow and keep on following Jesus. Remain in him. Keep in step with him. Practice the presence of Jesus. Talk to him. Read the word where he talks to you. Lift up your heart 
to him and invite him into the ebb and flow of your everyday life. If you want to be fruitful like Philip, invite others to come and see Jesus. As you have opportunity, speak faith into the lives of those who come into your life. Lead everyone you know just one step closer to Jesus. There's a world out there that needs to know him, that's hungry for the forgiveness, the love, and the mercy that you know. Don't keep it to yourself. And finally, if you want to be fruitful like Philip, like Philip, seek to bring glory to God the Father. Your fruit will feed a hungry world, a world that needs to know there is a Father in heaven who loves them, who cares for them, who delights in them, and is for them. And then the Father will be glorified. You will bear much fruit, showing the world that you are disciples of his Son, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.